Blog Talk Radio. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of the Pro Wrestling Opinion Show. And today we are talking about the greatest performances of Carlos Colon and Stan Hansen collectively in their great feud from the 19, what is it, the 1980s? 1986 to 1987. Yes, in Puerto Rico, feuding over the Universal title, which is now currently back in existence in the WWE. But uh, this is uh, uh, Carlos Colon's territory and uh, Stan Hansen coming in for uh, a major uh, a major feud here. Uh, this is the greatest feud in the history of Puerto Rican wrestling. This fucking feud there's nothing today that compares to this view. This view was off the hook, unbelievable, just spectacular, phenomenal, as my favorite word, which is my favorite word, phenomenal, a plethora of blood and all fertile battles. Talk about unbelievable violence. And Stan Hansen, is he the greatest brawler of all time? He makes Oh, my God. Yeah, man. And, you know, he goes wherever he goes, Stan Hansen fucking kicks up a lot of dust, man. And this dude is the original Stone Cold Steve Austin. You saw that vest. He's got the skull and crossbones. That's where Steve Austin got his. What so, I love about Stan Hansen is he's a, he's a badass, he's, he, he's a great brawler, and he sells for guys half his size. Unlike his right. Brody, so for nobody. Fuck you, Mr. Brody. Stan <laughs> And he made, oh my God. Real quickly, the match is to fuck about when he loses the Universal title to Stan the Larry Hansen. Then, January 6, 1987, one of the greatest Texas bull rope matches in the history of the bull rope match. And then finally, March 14, 1987, a spectacular, a phenomenal field cage match. The final match. It is six months brutal feud. Yeah, man, and uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Carlos Cologne and the territory that he ran because this was his company, right? It, he co-owned it along with Victor Hovisa, and uh, uh, before that, what's his name? Gorilla Monsoon was a part owner of his territory. I, think, I believe Gorilla Monsoon sold his interest to Carlos Colon back in three on the winter of 1984 when McMahon expanded and he no longer wanted uh, the people around him to own stakes in other territories. So, yeah, Colon and Hovico, I believe, were the main owners of this, and they were called Capital Sports, Capital Sports Promotions. Yeah, so, I mean, but the, the actual um... – Name of the, the the federation was what? It was like W W something. The world, the world Wrestling Council. Yeah, yeah, and so it was. Uh, the Universal Title was created back from a match, I believe, in 1983. They had a tournament to recognize the first World Wrestling alone won the title by defeating Ric Flair in the tournament final back in 1983. Right, so that's this is like you know, so he owns this company and he's basically put himself at the top of it. And he, but let's face it, this guy was the biggest draw, was he not? Before Cologne was a part owner of this company, he was a big star. He was like 
Jerry Lawler's method and the right. JYD and the JYD in New Orleans, the biggest star of the promotion. I mean, yes, he was the owner, but nobody was ever more over than Carlos Colon in Puerto Rico. He was the biggest. He is. There's only been two major Puerto Rican stars in the history of professional wrestling. That's Carlos Colon and Pedro Morales. Nobody else comes close. Yeah, very similar style, too, uh, of brawling. Uh, yeah, they so, are very Did he ever learn English? I, I've never heard him speak English. I, yeah, me neither. When he came to the in the uh, during, during the mid '80s, there was a, there was a NWA in Spanish program hosted by the guy who's announcing these matches, Hugo Savanovich, who announced all three of these matches. It was a show that was shown on Channel Forty One on the weekend, and it was basically worldwide wrestling in Spanish, where Hugo Savanovich would do the, the the announcing in Spanish, and Cologne was pushed as the top star in the York. And there was a match in which there was a card in which I attended at the main event. We talked about the last, the last, um, show. It was basically 1984, Rick Flair against Rick a match we covered on the last episode. Well, on that card, Carlos Cologne fought a great match against Tully Blanchard. Well, uh, basically, it was a Universal Title versus World TV title match. But Cologne never drew in New York, and quickly thereafter, that and it was basically just World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico. Right, so, but it was kind of loosely affiliated with the NWA, right? Yeah, yes, it was an NWA territory up until about 1987-88. Right, and that territory is still there today, is it not? A semblance of it remains. Cologne is still the owner. Um, His sons wrestled down there. Uh, they wrestle in front of 20, 30 people a week, I believe. <laughs> Carlito. Uh, yeah, and then you have the the other guy. Um, um, what's his name? I forget his other son's name. But um, but anyway, so Carlito, Primo, they're, Primo. Their real names are Carlito Colombo. Um, so, yeah, he wrestled as Primo in WWE. So, so when you have these – so we got this um, feud here. You got um, Stan Hansen coming in. The feud starts – um, with a match, I guess, right? Um, October 12th, October 1986, a quick backdrop. Dan Hansen was AWA champion early in the year. He refused to put over um, Nick Blockwinkle, so he took the belt with him to Japan. Bird got his threat to sue him, so he, he took a tractor trailer and ran over the belt and then mailed the belt back to Bird Gagne while he was in Japan. And then after a... Why? What? Talk about that for a second. Why Why would he refuse to put over uh, uh, Nick Bockwinkle? Well, think about it. It makes sense. Nick Bockwinkle was 32 years old at the time. And, and look at 52-year-old Nick Bockwinkle versus his fucking powerhouse. Did you really expect this old fucking archaic, broken-down Medusa to beat the great Dan Hansen? She didn't make sense. <laughs> Still, though, I mean, you know, Stan Hansen was a pretty good sport. I, he must have, something must have pissed him off. Um, I, I don't know what happened, but he refused to do the job in Denver, Colorado. He got on the plane, went back to Japan, ran over the, the belt with a with a tractor trailer, and then um, a parcel was back to her gun here. <laughs> That's hilarious. So so he comes so he comes in here and uh, as he's kind of like you know that this is kind of what he did in Japan a lot where he faced you know. 
the sour or, um, you know, one right. of these. Uh, Garuda, the sour, Kawada. Right. See it. This looks like an all Japan match. That's a much bloodier ice match. <laughs> yeah. So this first match, I mean, it's, it's, let's, let's talk about the first match. Yeah, October 12, 1986, he's the referee and throws him into the post. And he says, fuck him. Yeah, he comes, he just. Automatically, he's just like, fuck this, man. I'm, he's like, starts beating up Cologne. He starts beating up the ref. He, he comes in and starts attacking right away. Everybody. He just fucking. And what's crazy is that they didn't disqualify him. They just like brought in another referee and like started I officiating. I think why I started making it up, that had a started. That's how they got That's how they got away with up the referee. So he goes in there and like this is just an all-out fucking. I mean, he bloodies him and it looks like he's just gonna beat him real easily. But then Carlos Colon makes. Yeah, he's getting hit with everything, man. He's getting like fucking um, uh, bloody and finally. But then he kind of finally starts to make a comeback, and the crowd, man, it just goes nuts for him, man. They look. This crowd was a hundred percent. None of this. I root for the heels, brother. I don't know how Stan Hansen left this ring with his life. <laughs> yeah. And in his first match, right, like, he puts him over, right? Uh, and look how many This is the jam-packed fucking stadium. This ain't no 20 people. Oh, yeah. I mean, fucking, I don't even know how they saw it. Some of the people were so far away. I was like, how the fuck they... They had no screens or anything. They just fucking looking down on this little dot, you know, so. But they're there. I mean, they're cheering. They're there. I mean, I can't imagine, like, and then, they, you know, each, you know, it's just unbelievable action, man. They're just fucking, but it's not much moves. It's just some backdrops. Oh, maybe it's a. Why, why do you need moves? This is fucking all out fight. Very realistic. It's so, oh. It's, it's so, um, over over the top ridiculous shit. These are fighting. These are yeah. Fighting. Yeah. So so when when Carlos Colon um, makes his comeback, he's doing okay. But then um, we see who's outside helping out. Uh, ah, Al Stan has puts it in his, in his elbow pad and destroys Colon with his lariat. Gets the pin, the new World Wrestling Council Universal Champion of the World. Yeah, man, and man, what a, what a, what a booing he got for that. I, mean, I don't know how like, he left Puerto Rico alive. Oh, my yeah. Getting ready to, to, to attack the ring. Yeah, so then we, we jump to the next match, which is uh, the rematch. Um, and in the rematch, Go ahead. Is this the match where uh, he, he gets fucked up and then he, he hits Cologne with the, with the front gets Yeah, this time they, 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 the official or one of the officials at the side of the ring, they see what happens. They see that they slip him a form object that he puts in his elbow pad and they disqualify him. But he, but he ends up beating the shit out of uh, Cologne. Wrestler at all. Um, he was in the queue because of the, the, the queue. He 
was feuding with Chicky Star, who was Stan Hansen's partner. And so that's why he introduced this match. He overturned the decision and gave it to Paul Cologne. But Stan Hansen was the title. Right. So now in this clip we saw, uh, after this, there's like a, kind of an interview or something going on where one of them is... Who was the top dealer in uh, Puerto Rico? So I've been on here interviewing a call of Cologne and get into an argument, and out of nowhere, a fan answered. And it looks like he's picking up in the head for real. <laughs> Dude, he fucking fucked him up. And the thing is that you got Chicky Star there, like, basically, like, I, I couldn't really, make, and I don't really know Spanish, but I made out some of the stuff he was saying, basically. Like, he was basically telling him... What, he, called, he called a dirty black guy. Yeah, like a Moreno or whatever, you know. <laughs> I just thought it was great. He started he started fucking with him, and, and basically, I think he was just saying, like, what Stan Hansen was saying about him or something, and he's just like... And and Carlos Colon's just, like, about to respond, and then all of a sudden, like, Stan Hansen's there, and he's like, yeah, man, get him, get him. And so he's, like, half Spanish, half English. He's just like, do it, finish Finish him, finish him. And they're fucking, you know, he's blooding him. He's kicking him in the head for real, man. I'm like, that shit ain't worth Yeah, yeah, he's kicking him. He's got blood on So that that sets up the next match, which uh, what, when is, what? which is one of the greatest bull rope matches in the history of the Texas bull rope match. I mean, and this is like a 25 to 30 minute match. There is no stalling, and it's just a brawl. I mean, the, and the psychology of this match, Logan, is ridiculous, because when Anthony's going for the fourth tag of, of, of the quarter, uh, Cologne holds on to it, gets off the ring, outside the ring, Hanson is killing him with that bull, with, with the, with the, what's he called? Cowbell. Yeah, so the cowbell is in the middle of the rope. This is the thing about the bull rope match. It's like you, you, you get hold of that cowbell and you can use it on your opponent. And, and the object of the match is you have to touch all four corners. So that's a great, I mean, it was great because they, you know, a lot of them during the match, like, would get like three corners, but then they wouldn't get the fourth one. And then, you know, it was, or they get two, and then you know. But then also, he could like. I think he actually like hung him over the rope, right? Stan Hansen is the man. Stan Hansen was still alive, and he was in all these battles in Puerto Rico, United States, Japan. And the man, he was when he was elected into the WWE Hall of Fame recently. He was very loose and speaking. You know, no slur speech. No concussion syndrome. He's one of the few stars of the 1990s from Japan, all Japan, that came out with his faculty. Look at all the damage that the 1990s all Japan wrestlers uh, 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 came up with. Terry Gordy, dead. Steve Williams, dead. Mitsuharu Masawa, dead. Jumbo Saruta, dead. Only two major stars in the promotion with their faculties and Attack and they took as much punish as anybody with Toshiaki Kawada and Stan Hansen. Oh, and Oki too, right? But I guess he didn't really take oh, bumps like that. Was New Japan. I'm talking about all Japan, where we reviewed yeah. a lot of those great matches from the 90s, where they did um, strong style, meaning it was work, but the fucking elbows and punches and chops were real. 
Yeah, it was. So in this, but in this match, like um, you got the suspense, you know, like um, Carlos Colon is the psychology match is off the hook, and the audience, everybody on their feet. Yeah, this is. I mean, this thing was in a huge fucking like it looked like a fucking soccer stadium or something. <laughs> the Olympic Stadium, which is the is the site of many great fights in, in San Juan, Puerto Rico, was the site of this match. And talk about a fucking crowd. You, I just need to beat the building. Well, yeah. So they 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 go they brawl and uh, he's about to touch. The, he's about to get the final corner. He's so close. And Carlos Colon is like basically they're doing like a tug of war at the end there. And right. Carlos Colon is like keeping him from like about one foot away from the uh, thing. Finally, he he gets him and a he gets him in a backdrop or something like that and like goes and touches it because he had already touched three uh, corners so, so he gets the win and he gets his universal title back so that's uh, that that match and that match was a fucking barn burn I mean you're right that match actually appeared on a lot of magazines did it not and the, the cover of a slow bloody bloody forehead was on the cover of many magazines after that right. this match and 25 to 30 minutes bull rope match one of the greatest matches of the 1980s, and just one of the greatest views in the 1980s. Apropos to be on this series. Another another um, uh, bunch of matches that I would see on those magazines would be him against Abdullah the Butcher, right? Yeah, they have they have some great brawls. I mean, Abdullah is always considered, you know, a gimmick wrestler, but Abdullah the Butcher is in the uh, Observer Hall of Fame for a reason. Not just because he caught you up with a fucking fork. Yeah, he's awesome. So I just remember Carlos Colon, like from the um, from the aftermags and seeing those pictures. I mean, I, I never had access to his uh, his shit because I was not living in New York at the time. So, like, I just I would just look at these bloody ass pictures, like with him, and uh, and, and I remember this view. I remember this. Like seeing the, him in the cover with like a fucking um, cover of Sports Illustrated. I mean, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. So um, definitely like got attention with these with this feud here from all over the world. Now, um, Dave Meltzer, I'm sure, like you know, gave these some high marks on these on his uh, star ratings. Because man, what what fucking heat! Unbelievable heat. And so what, 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 they probably gave it all the credit to Stan Hansen, but all the credit doesn't go to Stan Hansen. All of Colon, you, 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 you just can't, it just can't be one of these. Colon was great in fact. As great as Oh, Colon's awesome. You need a Stan Hansen. Colon's one of the most underrated workers in the history of professional wrestling. I mean, he was yeah. He's a great baby face. He makes that six-man comeback. He has the crowd behind him. They, he's a great seller. Carlos Colon is just—he's not killing you. He's only—he's from the now. You have you have two types of of baby face in the territory that that you have. You have the underdog baby face, a la Carlos Colon, Jerry Lawler, who overcomes major odds to win the match, or you have the superhero baby face who destroys their opponent, a la Bruno Sabatino and the Junkyard Dog. Yeah. So then you have this. Um, uh, we have a ne- the next match 
where and in all stadiums. I mean, each one of these matches is like they pack the fucking house in, man. Well, you gotta but, put, you gotta put it in a stadium when it's Carlos the Cologne against the legendary man. Yeah, man. So I mean, everybody's just like fucking on their feet looking at. So we get this last, and this is the the blow off, right? The uh, steel cage. The final match of the of the, of the feud, March of nineteen eighty seven. The field cage match, Cologne defending the universal title against Stan Anderson, and on I mean, the only thing I the only the only thing I had a problem with, well not a problem, it's the, the same way as the WWF where you gotta escape the cage to win. Well, I like the WWF version better because they got the stairs by the door of the cage. Not so with the Puerto Rico. Well, in this one, like, okay, well, this in this one, you have uh, Stan Hansen who's hesitant to get in the cage. Uh, he doesn't want to get in at first, so Carlos Colon pulls him in, and, man, the crowd goes wild when he gets him in there. So he's fucking beating the shit out of him in the beginning. But, of course, Stan Hansen gets his comeback and then starts going to work on Carlos. And, like, man, yeah, these two guys are pleased to that. They're already he fucking rakes his fucking face against that cage over and over. He's fucking putting the stomp on him. And then Carlos Colon, of course, um, he's he tries, you know, um, gets his comeback. But then Stan Hansen keeps trying to get out, and he gets he tries to go over the top. He tries to go to the door, and, and then there's like uh, I guess like a lot of there's a, there's a lot of wrestlers outside that kind of appear. Uh, and start fucking around, and uh, the way you have the fake, it's sort of like a cage match slash lumberjack match where you got the fake outside of uh, ensuring that the heels do not interfere in his in his back. So there was also like this one. I saw from one wrestler, saw one wrestler with a fucking uh, ski mask on. Um, I, I, I could be mistaken. I'm not sure. That could be a wrestler that wrestled in Puerto Rico in the late '80s called Jason the Terrible. <laughs> yeah, he looked like Jason Voorhees. Uh, so the wrestler in Puerto Rico at the time called Jason the Terrible. So I'm I'm assuming I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that's who that the guy was outside the ring. A lot of characters outside, man. It's just like it was a scene. It was a crazy scene, and then the crowd's going crazy. Um, I think um, what what happens? He he does he get out? Uh, what happens? He gets out. He, at the, at, the, at the end of the match, Carlos Colon gets Stan Hansen in the figure four leg lock. And, and this is the worst part of all these matches because Carlos Colon doesn't take that in like a wrestler break Valentine. It looks like, Logan, in the history of professional wrestling, only two wrestlers know how to put the figure four leg lock on. They'll make it look like they're killing you. That's Rick Flair and Greg Valentine. Everybody, you see, in this figure four, that. And he has to grab the leg and put, put it off at first. Looks like he can do it whatever he wants to. <laughs> but still, I mean, I think... The low six the figure four is, and Dan Hansen is a speed. Below releases the hold on Dan Hansen. Hansen's out of it. Below walks out the door, wins the match, and engages in the brawl outside the ring. Yeah, he starts fighting with them. And, and I think, like, one of his... Savio Vega, he's the heel at the time. He is he, Savio Vega, with the big face. 
So who who was the guy that got really like bloodied that was on the ground? Uh, I'm not sure that was, but that motherfucker fucked up. He he looked like somebody. He looked like uh Reginald Denny after getting hit in the face with a brick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there was like it's just carnage, man. Total pandemonium after this match. Like all oh, buddy, you know, and the crowd's just eating it up. And so they got their good show. And uh, and this is I think this was the. And then, so did they did they fight after this, or was that I, was that? That was it because uh, Stan Hansen after that went back to um he went Japan. Japan, and then uh eighteen months later, Cruiser Brody gets murdered in the dressing rooms in Puerto Rico, and Stan Hansen never comes back to Puerto Rico after that because Cruiser Brody was one of the one of his best friends, and he he never came back to Puerto Rico after Brody's murder in in July of nineteen eighty eight. Business started to decline in Puerto Rico, and it never came back to this type of level ever again. That murder rocked the, the people, the, the public perception of the World Wrestling Council, because they knew there was a cover-up was involved with Invader and Carlos Colon and Victor Ovica. And so they ne- the fans, they lost a lot of fans, and they never regained that popularity. Point, yeah, so what's, what, what's the story like? So... So uh, he gets stabbed, and Carlos Colon, is that Carlos Colon's friend who stabbed him? Invader number one was uh, Jose Gonzalez, was, was was a good friend of Carlos Colon. They've been lifelong friends. And so he covers up this murder, and he gets away with it. Uh, but how come they didn't charge him? They, they charged him. They went to trial. Oh, but he, 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 he got acquitted? He oh, he was self-defense. That's right. But it really was bullshit, right? Cody Atlas, Abdullah the Butcher, they were all, they were all, with no way to be found. Oh, interesting. So even Abdullah the Butcher covered up. Abdullah the Butcher got his fucking suitcase and ran to the airport after he talked to the police and never came back to Puerto Rico. Wow, wow. I guess he, he may have got threatened or whatever, but, you know, it was, uh... It was, now, what, what was the actual event that happened? Like, was it just an attack, a pure, what happened, like... What happened? Jose Gonzalez was the booker at the time. And, um, Bruce, um, Bruce Brody used to fuck him up all the time. He used to embarrass him. And even in the ring when they wrestled, Brody was helpful. I'm not excusing what happened. I'm just saying this is what I believe happened. Jose Gonzalez got tired of Bruce Brody kicking his ass, embarrassing him in front of the board. So he goes to the locker room and he tells Brody, I, need, I want to talk to you. Let's go to the shower so we can have some privacy. They go into the shower and he suckers him with a knife to the gut kills him. So he was there and he just fucking premeditated murder on that motherfucker, huh? Premeditated murder. No, he told, what he told the, the judge and jury was that um, Brody was coming after him in the shower and he stabbed him out of fear for his life. Like he just happened to have a knife in his fucking underwear, right? <laughs> Like a fucking big old fucking steak knife or like in his fucking his trunk. Brody was just dead. He gutted him. He gutted him. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, that's what happens, man. If you're a bully, man, you better watch out. Sometimes that fucking and guy Bruce gets bullied. Bruiser Brody was one of the biggest, probably the biggest bully in the history of professional wrestling. I mean, there's one match, and you can see it on YouTube from January 1987, 18 months before his death in Florida, 
where he wrestles Lex Luger in a steel cage, and he does himself for Luger, and he threatens to beat the shit out of Luger. Luger jumps over the cage and keeps running to the airport and leaves from Florida. And that was fucked up, man. You gotta go by what the the the, the, the booking is. You just can't fucking go go into this for yourself. And Luger's not gonna fight. Bro. Luger's not a fight. He's a fucking football player. Brody Brody was gonna fuck him up. That's not right. So no one ever like got the better of Brody in a fight. Yeah, in a real fight. Hey, well, except for a knife fight. But I mean, like, is it, was was Brody just like a major like? Good fighter or something, and like the Brody picked his excuse. He wouldn't do that shit against Billy Robinson. Tony, no, get his ass fucked. He liked to be. He was a bully. Bully, small dudes. They don't pick on smaller people. Yeah, yeah. He would. He never did that shit against one of the Japanese shooters because he'd have he'd have been killed in the, in the ring. But he feuded with yeah. better. The Tony Onoki would have wrapped him up like a fucking pretzel to break his back. Yeah, and then um um. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have done that to like Bad News Brown or something like that, you know. Like, oh um... hell! No. <laughs> but Brody, Luke is not a fighter. Jose Gonzalez is a fucking bitch. He picks and chooses who, who, who he fucks with. When he was booking a world class in 1987, he was Gary Hart and um Chris Von Erich. So he was allowed to do whatever he wanted to do. But when it he was a fucking bully. Period. End of story. And he wasn't that great in the ring. He was not that great. You will never see a greatest performance of Bruiser Brody on this fucking Right. Well, he was a great fucking um, just monster in terms of, like, his look. Oh, he had a and... great look. Without a doubt, he had a great look. I just didn't like the fact that he never sold to anybody. He makes you look like a shit in the ring. Now, who's... There was a guy, I think, like, later on that kind of looked like him that was in the oh, yeah, WWE. The Berserker. The Berserker. Right. Who was, who that was, was a... The uh, he was the yeah, he's, I think they, they sort of ripped off his look with that. Um, the and, oh, okay, okay. Brody, and, uh, yeah. They wrestled as a tag team in AWA. Brody was a... Brody could have um, definitely come in and did a, you know, a run with Hogan. Um, I think that's... It would have just made your money, but Inoki would have had to play ball. Because, man, wasn't going to go for that non-selling shit. Or uh, you don't know if if he's going to flip the script and and go in the business for himself. That's that's always the danger there with uh, Brody, yeah. Uh, Now, did Brody ever go up against Andre? No. They both wrestled in New Japan. There has to be some Andre Brody match. Right, but probably not footage. Because I, I, I haven't seen one. No, but, uh, yeah, that was a great match. Hanson, that's actually the greatest match of... Uh, of Andre's of, uh, career. Uh, not even close. Though. Yeah. So, so this... Yeah, so this feud, of course, legendary, legendary feud. Um, it was just... People, you know... I think just constantly uh, go back to this as just like the one of the greatest uh, feuds in Puerto Rico, like you said, in Puerto Rico uh, history. Um, and but uh, do you think Carlos Colon? Um, he's he's sort of tainted by that murder of. Uh, he, he didn't get elected to steal girl until this year because of that. Wow. So he got he got in this year, huh? Yeah, because you know they wanted. 
one of Dave Meltzer's best friends, Bruce Brody, and um, he led a bias against Cologne for years. But Cologne, he would not, he would not comment on it, saying, "Oh, when they asked him, well, you think the the murder is keeping Cologne from coming in?" He, he would be quiet about it. But um, Brody is one hmm. of Meltzer's best friends, and um, I think um, that's one of the reasons why Cologne didn't get his year. He is a Hall of Famer. Look at these facts. Look at the crowd. Look at his longevity. Look how long he drew money. Is Brody in the is Brody in the Hall of Fame? Dave Nelson was one of his best friends. What do you think? <laughs> so who's in the first class or what? Who's in the very first class, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh so Yeah, oh yeah. Jeez. But you know what's weird about Stan Hansen is like I guess he's He's held he, he's held like a lot of like titles, hasn't he? He was the AWA World Champion, the Universal World Champion, the All Japan World Champion, Champion on several occasions. Yeah, um, he has been a world champion in many different territories, but never hold titles in the two fed, to the two major federations. Yeah, but the the the, the, the absence of breaking of Bruno Sammartino's sex led to that record crowd at State Stadium and led to Hanson being a headliner on top for the next 20 years. Oh, that's right. That that fucking uh, lariat became infamous no, for that. Body slam, Bruno. And, and he, did, did Hanson ever go up against, like, superstar Billy Graham? No, because they were both fuels at the time. Okay. That would have been a good one. Um, also, um, I'm trying to think. What about Pedro Morales? Did they ever? I'm sure because they were in the federation at the same time. I'm sure they got the, the matches. Probably the matches for the Intercontinental Title when uh, Pedro was IC champion. Because Pedro took over for uh, Bruno, did he not? Yeah, but that was early '70s before Hanson broke into the business. Okay. Dan Hanson took a few years when he when he feuded with Bruno. Yeah. Well. That was a legendary. I mean, that's that's probably his biggest. I mean, that's probably his most like known feud, right? Because uh, San, yeah, San Martino was because he, he they wrestled to a record crowd at Jake Stadium at the time. Unbelievable. So, so yeah, these two man. I mean, talk about some for Carlos Colon. Uh, talk about some other great feuds. I mean, we had the one with Abdul the Butcher. You got it. Uh, you got. Uh, TNT, who later became Savio Vega, that was a great feud. Uh, he had a great feud with Hercules Ayala, a uh, very muscular Puerto Rican wrestler in, in the Puerto Rican territory. Cologne was like Jerry Lawler, like the monster of the week. He'd lose that first, and then at the end, he'd get his comeuppance. And what about Flair? He had some good matches with Flair, right? There will be a match later on that we'll talk about, a match in 1982. That was a phenomenal match. Carlos Colon versus Rick Flair. Yeah, so Carlos Colon definitely underrated and un- unfortunately tainted by the murder of uh, Brody, but but definitely a um, a standout in Puerto Rico. There was just nobody on his level in his time, right? Like in his own territory. At, at this time, at the same time that Law was dominating Mexico, but that's the closest thing to Carlos Colon. And Cologne never never um, wrestled Lawler, did he? I, I don't. Times when Lawler went to Puerto Rico, I have to research that. 
There's a possibility to a big wrestler. Yeah. And he wasn't a big guy. Uh, he was like probably like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, right? He looked 5'8", five, 5'9", five, yeah. Like Lawler. Lawler was 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, yeah. But just a huge personality, man. And just, uh, I, I liked, I really liked uh, what, you know, this this thing with uh, Hanson. I, I watched that whole thing. It flew by. It was like an hour, hour and a half YouTube. It was an hour and a half. Oh. And it was so great that you had all these matches. There wasn't a guy in a headlock. Oh, my God, dude. The shit just, like, man, the energy of these guys, they must have been on tons of coke. I don't know, but... Uh, there was a lot of uh, yayo in his, in his past. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for, for this week, man. We're going to run out of time, so once over, man, we'll talk next, We'll talk uh, a little tomorrow uh, uh, some boxing, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Sunday night, we'll talk Dan Chadler. Yeah, man. Peace, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pro Wrestling Opinion Show. And we'll be back again with another greatest performance. Peace.